Due to adult content, parental discretion is advised. To begin. To begin. Are you watching closely? How to start. I just, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? In Life Itself, a memoir, Roger Ebert begins. I was born inside the movie of my life. I was born a poor black child. The visuals were before me. I was born in it. The audio surrounded me. Molded by it. The plot unfolded inevitably, but not necessarily. I don't remember how I got into the movie, but it continues to entertain me. At first, the frames flicker without connection. We all are born with a certain package. We are who we are. Where we were born, who we were born as, how we were raised. We're kind of stuck inside that person. And the purpose of civilization and growth is to be able to reach out and empathize a little bit with other people. And for me, the movies are like a machine that generates empathy. It lets you understand a little bit more about different hopes, aspirations, dreams, and fears. It helps us to identify with the people who are sharing this journey with us. Here's the deal. You just give me the facts. Just the facts. Only the facts. Breathe. Focus. Keep it simple. No, no, no. No doubt. No doubt. Okay. Welcome to Cock and Bull Movie Talk. What used to be a Tristram Shandy story. In which, apparently, obviously, we don't talk about Tristram Shandy minute by minute. But isn't that the point? Good Lord, what is this story all about? Cock and Bull story. Here's your host, me, Professor Robert E. G. Black. Alone again. So I wanted to do something a little different to get into this next pair of films. This is Group 16, Stand By Me, and Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. Which, if you've been paying attention, you already know, the latter is not my favorite film. It shouldn't even be on this list, but we'll get to that. Not today, but soon. Maybe next week. Today I wanted to share, so that you get a little more than just me rambling about the movie. Uh, me rambling about the movie, but in a different format. I wanted to read to you an entry. This is Groundhog Day Project, day 1382, 14th May, 2020. So this just last year. When I brought the blog back for that last stretch to complete the year four, I was in the process of going through movies from my childhood, fixtures from my childhood, and thinking about what they meant to me as a kid and how they formed who I am now. And this was the first time I wrote about Stand By Me while doing that. The entry is entitled, Only If You Measure in Terms of Years. Stand By Me still hits, emotionally. Even right off, the score is not particularly powerful, certainly not famous, but I recognize it immediately, and I know who Christopher Chambers is in that newspaper headline. I didn't know that first time I saw this movie what that headline was about, and I also didn't realize that Castle Rock should be in Oregon, but I guess when they were adapting the novella, the only other marker of geography was Portland, and Portland, Oregon was more well-known than Portland, Maine. I didn't know Castle Rock at all, though it is part of the Dead Zone, which had already had a film version. I wouldn't see any of that movie until one night in a bed and breakfast in Dublin, Ireland in 1987. I wouldn't get to reading stories like Mrs. Todd's Shortcut, The Sun Dog, It Grows on You, Cujo, The Dark Half, or Needful Things until at least a year or two later. That last one I would read on our senior trip to Maui in 93. And I meant to just talk about the movie itself today, but I can't help but reminisce and let tangents take charge. I never went on an adventure like these four boys do. Never lied about spending the night camping in some friend's backfield. Did sneak around a bit in a nice private school Christian sort of way, after school when I should have been hanging around the field by the pickup zone, and across the street from where my mother worked in the mail processing department of the church that ran the school, 
Worldwide Church of God for those keeping score at home. Again, I say the unthinkable nuclear world war is coming, and sooner than most people expect. Where I would also work when I was commuting to classes at USC out of high school, I was instead running off to El Rancho with Sean or Neil. And Neil might actually be reading this, or listening to this, since we're friends on Facebook, and I know he reads at least occasionally as he commented on a post a couple weeks ago. Hello, Neil. Thanks for reading, or thanks for listening. My daughter told me about a week after the fact that she ran into you while canvassing for Bernie, but I was feeling awkward that week and didn't say anything on Facebook because, well, that's me. Awkward and introverted one minute, hosting podcasts and volunteering even on short notice for guest spots and other ones because I want to offer my opinions on movies anytime, place. Things other than movies, too. Politics, for example. Follow me on Twitter, at Robert E.G. Black, if you wanted my take on politics. Think bleeding heart liberal who often argues with conservatives and calls the current president asshole. Previous president, of course, now. Used to be, Facebook was where I'd go for a political debate. But that got tired. Facebook is for movie talk these days. The Movies by Minutes group and the friends I've made through there. My Facebook is divided between podcast friends, VHive friends, and Calm Studies friends with a few random other folks. D&D friends, relatives, people like Neil who I went to grade school with. And it's generally friendly. Twitter is for antagonism. And promotion. Each of my podcasts and this blog have their own Twitter account. A few of them have their own Instagram. My Instagram, for my podcast Dave Made a Minute, is one I'm particularly proud of. I got to go full self-help, inspirational speaker mode every weekend there when that podcast was going. I might go that sort of route again next year, or whenever it is Annihilation Minute ends and I run the sister shows, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Minute and Minutia Ex Machina, and Groundhog Day, Minute by Minute. I don't know. Back when this blog was only a few posts in, my sister said I had a self-help book in me. I toyed with turning this blog into a book just a few years ago but I think the book form needs leaner writing than maybe I am capable of anymore, at least in straight prose form. My script for Annihilation Minute can be pretty lean sometimes. The edits, not so much. Like the episode that went up just this evening. That would be Annihilation Minute 56, like God himself to millions of ignorant and innocent creatures. The final episode is only about 15 minutes long, but it took about 5 hours from writing to recording to editing, and most of that was the editing because I layered in some music and some extra audio stuff from Tarkovsky and little bits and pieces that just made it take longer. Get denser. And now I'm rambling still in this parenthetical, because I'm not sure I know how to get back out. The subject drifted and drifted and drifted, and the thing is, really, all of these things tie together in my head in strange ways that it feels entirely appropriate to be talking about Stand By Me by instead sharing stories about grade school, stories about my 20s, stories about writing, about watching and podcasting, about movies up to the present, because it all blends in my mind. One movie affects the next, and each movie affects the things I read, the things I write, the things I say. I could tell you about us sneaking over to the dirt hill behind the high school building, except it wasn't yet the high school building, was it? It was some other church campus department, I think. Climbing up the fence to the telephone pole to the roof and jumping into the dirt, because why the fuck not? We were kids, and you do shit like that. You climb trees onto school rooftops and run around, knowing full well that if you get caught, you're going to get into trouble from a school official, your parents, or both. And I never wanted to get caught doing anything. When I was young, they kicked one of my sisters out of the house. To be fair, she was doing a lot of bad things, and our parents grew up in an age when you didn't get your kid therapy or rehab or medication or anything, but just sent them packing, and everyone acted like that was perfectly fine. But in addition to being told the end of the world was nigh, I also lived my adolescence under the shadow of the idea that if I was caught doing something bad, I might be out on my own. Not that it would matter, I guess, when World War III arrived and everything went to shit anyway. I still did bad things, of course. I was just really careful about all of it. And I think the parenthetical is circled back to sneaking off to El Rancho for candy and soda. 
which went just fine except for the one time I forgot my mother was picking me up earlier than usual and I was hanging out at the wood shop next to the school where Neil's dad worked instead of being outside where I might see her car. Never ventured off to a dead body. Well, there was a dead cat behind the high school building one time. And I paused for Chris and Gordy talking by the tree, which is still one of my favorite movie scenes ever, and one of the saddest. Maybe you could go into the college courses with me. That'll be the day. Why not? You're smart enough. They won't let me. What do you mean? It's the way that people think of my family in this town. It's the way they think of me. I'm just one of those low-life chambers kids. That's not true. Oh, it is. No one even asked me if I took the milk money that time. I just got a three-day vacation. Did you take it? Yeah, I took it. You knew I took it. Teddy knew I took it. Everyone knew I took it. Even Vern knew it, I think. Maybe I was sorry and I tried to give it back. You tried to give it back? Maybe. Just maybe. And maybe I took it to old lady Simonson told her, and the money was all there. But I still got a three-day vacation because it never showed up. And maybe the next week, old lady Simons had this brand new sugar on when she came to school. Yeah, yeah, it was brown and had dots on it. Yeah. So let's just say that I stole the milk money, but old lady Simon stole it back from me. Just suppose that I told the story. Me. Chris Chambers, kid brother to eyeball Chambers. Do you think that anyone would have believed it? Oh. And do you think that that bitch would have dared tried something like that if it had been one of those douchebags from up on The View if they had taken the money? No way. Hell no. But with me? Well, I'm sure she had her eye on that skirt for a long time. Anyway, she saw her chance and she took it. I was the stupid one for even trying to give it back. I just never thought... I never thought the teacher... Oh, be so fuck anyway. But yeah, it all wraps together. One movie and another. Your case and my case are the same fucking case. One book I read and another. One story I wrote and another. One relationship, one class, one podcast, one drawing, one D&D character or campaign, one whatever. I recall a Peter Straub line about Stephen King, which I think I learned via King himself. After his early novels, it centered on younger characters. Straub said King had not yet discovered sex. My own stories were similar. Main character is often younger than I was, and I wrote about sex before I ever actually had it myself. I was, I think, and a psychiatrist backed me up on this, 
emotionally and psychologically stunted by my childhood. What else was I going to write about but people who also still needed to figure out how to grow up? I've also got a theory these days that maybe no one ever really figures out how to grow up. Some people just get better at playing the part we expect mature older folks to be. Growing up in the end times, with movies to present me with more life than I expected to live, that didn't help. And maybe, just maybe, I will actually write about Stand By Me content tomorrow. We'll see. Or maybe next week. I'll talk about it. Maybe I'll even get a guest in. I don't know. Probably not. I think this pair's just me. See, normally when I record with a guest, we record the group of episodes all in one go. Divide them as I edit. But this, when it's just me, I'll talk about one, I'll let it linger, and then I'll see what I have more to say next time.
Thank you for listening. This has been Cockabo Movie Talk. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter or Facebook at Cockabo Minute or check lemondrops.com for links. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Uh, are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a Mandalorian. Why would you create such an abomination? This is the weapon of the coward. The, uh, it's a past stuff that dreams are made of. Cut. That's a wrap. It's over, Johnny. It's over! Nothing is over! Nothing! You just don't turn it off! Shut up! Shut the fuck! You're all right to take shut up! Will you shut up! Shut up! Shut, 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 shut up! You're still here? Shut up! Now! It's over. Go home. Go.